Welcome to another episode of Dangerous to Go Alone. I'm Jay Ray, and my fact is probably the same as Amanda's fact, but we have a new puppy. Oh, that wasn't going to be my oh. fact. My fact is my name's Amanda, and I'm belly full. <laughs> that, that, that true too. <laughs> Thank that, you. that very much true. We ate a big old lunch while we were doing some errands today. Um, also, we have a puppy sitting between us who we are trying to keep calm. So today's episode may sound a little bit more relaxed than usual. Um, Amanda has promised not to use any racial slurs. <laughs> and I promise not to tell her to make me a sandwich. Um, so we'll just see how it goes from here. We'll see. Um, I guess we will say that our puppy's name is Jin or so from Star Trek. <laughs> She's named after the famous Jyn Erso of Star Trek fame. That's right. Yeah. Star Trek Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. Hi, Jyn Erso. You want to say hi to everybody? No, she only barks when we leave, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, this episode and puppy has been brought to you by Zencaster. Um, Zencaster has sponsored our puppy. That's right. So visit- She's wearing a little Zencaster t-shirt. You just can't see it. It's adorable. Um, visit Zencaster.com, enter coupon code BROKENJARS, all caps, and get 20% off your uh, your subscription for your first month. It's a really great uh, website and application that we use uh, here at Broken Jars. It's it's a big hit with our Dresden Files show. Uh, we use it for Great Scott. Actually, check out uh, the most recent edition of Great Scott. We were having technical issues, and for for one reason or another, couldn't use Zencaster, and the episode doesn't sound as good as it normally does. It really doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so listen to that episode, give it five stars, and then go to Zencaster.com to make your podcast sound great. Yeah. Uh, today's episode, we are going, well, we saw last week, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Opening weekend, we saw Valerian. No, not opening weekend. Weekend after. Weekend after. We saw Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. Yep. Um, and we were going to do a straight review, but, um, somebody had a really, really awesome idea (laughs) (laughs) to watch, uh, The Fifth Element, uh, which is by the same writer and director. I don't know how to say his name. He's French. So I go Luc Besson. That sounds great. Great. Luc Besson. I'm going to call him Luc for the duration of this episode. And I'm going to call him Monsieur Besson. I'm going to call him Luc. I am your father. Great. Yeah. Um, so he did The Fifth Element. He also did Leon the Professional. It's a great movie. Or The Professional. Yeah. Or Leon, depending uh, on what version of the DVD you got. Yeah. Um, he also did all the Taken movies. Oh, I didn't know that. That's him. He directed them or yep. he wrote them? The whole shebang. He wrote and directed them? Yep. Yeah, it's kind of surprising because, I mean, as we're going to talk about today, The Fifth Element and Valerian are very similar, but those other movies are very different. Right. Than right. The Fifth Element. and That's correct. Yeah, so, you know, he's had a, you know, he does, but they're kind of similar generally. They're these, like, very, like, not, they're like, I don't know how to phrase it, but, like, he's going for, like, of course you like this movie. What wouldn't you like in this movie? Right. Like, this is Liam Neeson punching people. You right, know? that's The true. professional is a little different. It's a little artier. Yeah. But the other ones are very, like, you know, this is what sells. Check right. it out. But it's done in such a way that I like it anyways. Um, so our, our discussion today will kind of take us between those two movies because we had thoughts about Valerian 
And Amanda saw the fifth element for the first time last night, so she's got thoughts on that. Uh, yeah. Um, and we could kind of see what makes what worked for both, what didn't work for both, and uh, yeah. Jin, any comments? No. I think I'm finally going to sleep. Is her comment? Thank you, Jin Urso's assistant. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess let's just start with um, our sweeping thoughts of Valerian. Okay. What did you think? Um, I enjoyed it. We went, uh, we saw a matinee, 10 a.m. or something, in some nice, comfy, reclining seats. And, and despite the fact that I had to pee for most of the movie, <laughs> I um, I just really enjoyed it. I just felt like it was a good ride. It's not like a good movie by any stretch. I went in with really, really low expectations. It was better than I thought it would be. Um, I wouldn't tell anybody that it's a great movie i probably wouldn't even say anybody has to go see it if somebody was interested in it i'd say it was pretty good but i wouldn't be like hey go see this movie right because it's not great by any means but it's enjoyable it's a fun time out at the movies if you're just looking for a little um diversion from your life you know it's colorful action-packed it's cool looking it does look cool um mostly some pretty bad acting and uh, that's probably about it for my, my sweeping thoughts. But I did like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is one of the first things you said when you had left uh, the theater. You're like, hey. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just walked in expecting like the worst train wreck in history. So maybe not that, that extreme. But I, wa- I walked in expecting to really dislike it. So it was a pleasant surprise for me. Last episode, we briefly discussed Dunkirk. Uh, which had, they came out around the same time, so we were either going to watch Dunkirk or Valerian. Right. End up going with Dunkirk. That's right. Um, First. Mostly right. because the timing worked out better. Yeah, it was but, like a better um, show time. I was very sure you would hate Valerian. Yeah. And I wanted to see it, and I was like, well, what's the point in taking you to this movie that you're going to hate? So I was, and she, I had this whole breakdown one night, and Amanda was there, and she thought it was hilarious. She was laughing at me. She was... The way he characterizes me on this show makes me sound like a monster. None of that is true. He did have a breakdown, but I was very sympathetic. (laughs) Well, so we saw Dunkirk anyways. I really wanted to see Valerian, and we were going into it. I was just like, well, she's going to hate it. And partway through, like she said, she had to pee. I didn't know that. Right. So halfway through the movie, she's like, what time is it? I'm like, oh... Well, this is going to be a fun time. Uh, but it's because she was trying to figure out when the movie was going to be over so she could pee. Right. I was trying to decide if it was right. worth sneaking out or if I felt like I could last another hour. Yeah, yeah. Or like I needed to know how much longer I was going to have to last That's to right. make that decision. Because I out, hate though. walking yeah. out yeah. of movies. I hate it. Well, especially in those reclining theaters because there's a lot of room until people recline. Yeah. And now you're like squeezing by people's feet. My yeah. feet stick out. Right. So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I just hate to miss any part of the movie. And that was the other thing. We didn't yeah. know what was going to be a slower part or whatever. Right, exactly. There's a, and they really weren't. That was the other thing, too. Like, I kept looking for a moment that I was like, okay, this is kind of not important right. or non-essential or not interesting. or. Right. But there really wasn't. That movie was, you know, operating at 100% for most of it, you know? Yeah. There weren't a lot of, like, low points There's in terms great, of energy. Yeah. There's a funny story about my mother. Uh, me and her and my brother oh, watched. Yeah. Um, it was one of the Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, I forget if it's Two Towers oh. or Return of the King. Was it the first Hobbit? No, it wasn't the first okay. Hobbit. Yeah, it was one of the Lord of the Rings okay. movies proper. And um, 
we had seen this particular movie like two or three times in theaters because my family is a big Lord of the Rings family. Right. And every time, every time she would go pee at this exact same moment. And she right. never saw the torches of Gondor being lit. So it's this really cool cinematic helicopter shot of like these torches on mountain peaks lighting up in the mm-hmm. distance, you know, kind of like um, the Great Wall of China scene in Mulan. Right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you know, and it's just really pretty and it just shows how far everything is and how wide the world is and my mom would leave. It would happen. It'd be done and she'd come back and right. then a year later we watched it on DVD she's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I, you know, it That's happens. funny. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, no, I, I liked it. I was disappointed. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't help but read opinions and reviews going into it. Right. Um, cause we waited that week. Right. And they were just kind of everywhere. Um, so I already had a bad feeling. Yeah. And then we, and it has moments, but I walked out and I was just like, yeah, I don't know. I guess what was more disappointing was I wish it was a little bit better so that I could, th- so that they could make a second one that would be much better. Yeah. But it wasn't even good enough to me to have like an inkling of to like maybe the there's next a sequel. One, right. Yeah. So I think that's how I feel. But yeah, it was a really pretty movie. Yeah, I, and well, and for whatever it's worth too, like, you know, the story wasn't complex or anything, but like it was compelling. I was worried there was gonna be no story and no point kind of a thing. It was more just gonna be a lot of flashy, fun stuff. But there there was a point and there well, was a good story. I, I mean, and I would argue since we're going to talk about the fifth element, like the story was even more compelling than the story of the fifth element in a certain way. In a certain way. Because there was just, there was just more to it. It was yeah. meatier. The fifth element's really simple, right? Oh, this is going to be a no, rough no. podcast, you <laughs> no, guys. It's it's, it, simple is, I think is a harsher negative word. I don't mean it to sound negative. I appreciate yeah. that. No, but it, it's much more straightforward. Straightforward, right. yeah. There's sure. no twists and turns. Right. But um, yeah, Valerian has some moments where like, oh. Right, well, and because there's two of them, it's like sometimes we follow one when they get, they get separated for that moment, so we follow one and not the other. Right. And that doesn't quite happen in the same way in Fifth Element. Well, kind well, of, I well, guess. So let's take a step back. Okay, yeah. Because you had mentioned the acting is a low point for you and Valerian. Yeah, for sure. Um, since... Your thoughts on the acting in this movie are akin to my thoughts of Logan. No. Oh. I'm going to take the lead. Okay. And then you could uh, plug in there. But I, I think really everybody... You thought Logan had bad acting? No. Oh. I had a lot of thoughts on Logan. Okay. You had a lot of thoughts on the acting. Oh, I see. Um, I think... Uh, I thought most of the acting was fine except for two points to me that stuck out a lot. I thought Clive Owen was, did exactly what he was probably supposed to do. Um... I also thought the commander guy who took over for Clive Owen, he did fine. Yeah. Also not a particularly interesting role, but he did well. Right. Um, and I thought Cara, Cara Devine. David, Cara Delevingne. Delevingne. Uh, I thought she was funny. Yeah. I thought she was, she did what was tasked of her. And I would argue, I see Lilu Dallas multipass. In her multi-pass, in her performance, you know, where she's just Multi-pass. kind of like, yeah, it's a great bit. <laughs> it is a great bit. Honestly, it's almost like why you should watch that movie is just for that bit, just for multi-pass. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's when, true. I'm going to start s- saying that all the time now. When you see people mm-hmm. cosplay as Lilu, they have the white shirt with that orange thing, and yeah. they always have the pass. Yeah, like, yeah. that's like you thing. gotta. Yeah. That's funny. Um, but I thought she was cool too. I think where we had some problems was. Uh, 
Dean uh, DeHaan. Is that his name? Yeah. Okay. Who played Valerian and Rihanna. Yeah. I think they were both. I mean, and it's less egregious for Rihanna. Right. Because she's only in it for a stretch. And obviously she's a singer. In it to perform. Right. Right. So you, you kind of just be like, okay. Right. It's like when a celebrity is there themselves in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. And they're terrible. Right. You're like, oh, but it's fine. Yeah, that's how I felt about Rihanna. Exactly. So I don't think it's that egregious. And but also, him. she's only there for such a short bit. It's true. But yeah, he is he is terrible in yeah. this movie. Yeah. And really, I mean, I can get behind you with the Cara Delevingne statement only because it's re- like all of her scenes are mostly with him. So it's hard for. That's not really true. No, it's not really true. Because there was a moment where we talked about it after, too, where, like, it deviates. Yeah, but it's... And we were surprised all of her scenes, with her so much. Yeah, it's true. But all of her scenes are, I guess, if she's not with him, they're about him. And to me, from the get of that movie, it's the... the my biggest feeling is, like, why does she like him? Like, why does she even care? Because yeah, he's so... She doesn't, technically. Right. Well, but she does, obviously. <laughs> People don't change their mind in the matter of a day. Like, obviously, she does like him. She just wants something more from him or whatever. Wants him to be a better person. Right. But she likes him. Well, because I guess the thing in this situation, unlike Corbin Dallas in Lilu Dallas Multipass. Lilu Dallas Multipass. <laughs> um, no, I think the thing is, like, we assume that there is a relationship between Valerian and Laureline prior to the movie. Yeah, I mean, so we get that in their opening thing, moment when they're, like, well, rolling all around so on each other. he's seen things... She's seen things rather about him that we yeah, haven't seen. That's true. And what I'm going to assume is that it's his capabilities as his job. Yeah, probably. is what's appealing to her. Yeah, she just wished that he was also a good person. Right. Um, which is what we spend that movie dealing with. Right. Him being good at the one thing, but being kind of terrible at the other thing. Right. Um. But uh, he is bad. The way they. Hear this? What's going on? With your voice? Yeah. I think you sound fine. Thank you. Do you need Um, water? No, no, we're doing great. Okay. Edit this out, Amanda. Okay. (laughs) Um, The problem is he's supposed to be this like fun, likable, roguish type. Mm -hmm. Right? He's Jack Sparrow or Han Solo. Or Corbin Dallas. Or Corbin Dallas. (laughs) Right. Um, He just doesn't pull it off. Doesn't pull it off. And there's a lot of, you know, the problem with this movie, and we'll get into this too, is like that type of acting and what he's going for is something we saw a lot in the 90s and early 2000s with people like Bruce Willis and Keanu Reeves and, you know, folks. Keanu Reeves? Yeah. What do you mean? (laughs) Keanu Reeves is an amazing actor. I'm not saying these people are, are right, doing right, bad right. acting. I'm genuinely not. Stereotype, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying stereotype. there's like this type Archetype, of yeah. character that they're playing is, is um, you know, it's dated for mm-hmm. Valerian in 2017. So the fact that he can't pull it off, I don't think is really a slight to his ability and skill as an actor. You know yeah. what I mean? Because what you're asking him to do just doesn't make sense in 2017, you know? That's my feeling on it. I don't want to put the blame wholly on him, though... Also, like, he just can't pull it off. He's not charming enough or something Yeah. as a person or as an actor. Because my argument about, so Corbin Dallas, right? Because, honestly, you can see the dynamic between both couples mm-hmm. is, like, the same thing it should be. Right. The woman is the more capable overall. Right. But the guy is the kick-down-the-door guy. Right. And then for some reason, the very capable woman falls into a situation where she needs the guy to help. Right. 
Um, so there's parallels between the two. Well, and since we're since we're saying that, I agree. But obviously, uh, Loreline is that her name? Yeah, Loreline. Way more capable, I think, than Lilu. Yes and no. But just because Lilu is like like a infantile, baby, right? right? She's like a yeah. kung fu baby. Yeah, <laughs> like she obviously has the skills in that one scene where she right. fights for sure. And obviously, she breaks out of the glass in the beginning and everything. But like, she can't navigate the world at all. She's not. She can't handle herself on her own. Right, right, right. In yeah, a way yeah. that Loreline is totally fine. She'd be fine without her partner. Right. You know? Right, right. Because um, I guess my, my comment about that, though, is Corbin is not a ladies' man in the way that Valerian's painted. Yeah, that's definitely true. So, that's, and that's why it's hard to believe Valerian's character. Mm. Because he's supposed to be. Right. And there's nothing in that movie that would make any woman swoon. Yeah, he seems terrible. Right. right. Unlike Han Solo. Yeah. Who does the thing. Right. And it works. And Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Sometimes you wonder how Kira Knightley was able to... To resist him. Right. I know. It's so true. You know, on the island full of rum. Right. Um, but then you get stuck on an island with that kid and you'd be like... Dude, go shit in a palm tree. <laughs> it's crazy. It's true. He's yeah. just not charming enough. He's just not... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he was doing a thing, a voice or something. Yeah, he sounded he, just like Keanu insta- Reeves. Yeah, right. The whole movie, I was like, why is he trying to sound like Keanu Reeves? Yeah, he does some woes. Which is like ridiculous because, as we mentioned, Keanu Reeves isn't really the greatest acting icon. <laughs> but, of course, he does this thing that this kid was trying to do. I mean, it's like everybody's got a thing and it works for that person. Right. You don't do the other person's thing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so he's the re- he's the biggest weak point because I would even accept some of the lackluster storytelling in Valerian if he was better. Yeah. Because then my argument now... Okay, so is there anything else you want to say specifically about Valerian before we start kind of comparing the two? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure it'll come up as yeah, we compare yeah. them. Okay, so my... Because my thought process here is... I think both stories are essentially simple stories. They are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Valerian has to get a hedgehog, elephant, baby, alien thing called a converter. Right. Uh, to deliver it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the same thing in Fifth Element, except the baby elephant hedgehog thing is a redhead with a woman and then four stones that look like Lincoln Logs. Right. Um, they do not look like Lincoln Logs. Well, big Lincoln Logs. I don't know. <laughs> um, so the biggest reason why the fifth element is more interesting to me is that Lilu and Corbin are better characters to follow, um, to like um, as a set over Valerian and Laureline. So my argument for that is obviously I'd rather watch another Corbin movie than I would a Valerian movie. Just yeah. about those characters right. sans anything else, right? Um. But then, I mean, I think that's just what it is. You yeah. could put them in any boring story, but if I like the characters, then the story's not so boring, and I just don't like Valerian. I think, it, I think yeah, it becomes a Valerian-specific it problem, is, yeah. really, because yeah. as you're saying that, like, I agree. I don't want to see another movie with Valerian, and I would see another movie with Corbin. Well, yeah. Absolutely. But I would also see another movie with Lorelai. I would, too. I think she was a great character. She was great. Yeah. Because she has really great moments, like when she gets kidnapped by that ugly alien thing, and she's like shouting at the alien yeah. mistress thing. Super funny. Yeah, she and when she really goes great. with those three little, I loved them, the oh, three yeah, like the, pigeons, the, the witches, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I call them the witches, witches yeah. because of like not because of that, just because yeah, just because of Macbeth, yeah. Uh, is it? 
Yeah, it's because of Macbeth. Yeah. That they're like these three fortune telling. Right, you know, right, it's like yeah. a Greek yeah. trend or whatever. So yeah. I call them the witches. They're, you know, they're like the three witches from um, Hercules also. Hercules too. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. She did great moments with yeah. them and, and other scenes too, you know, with the, um, with Clive Owen and mm-hmm. stuff. Like she, yeah. She's a compelling character. So yeah, yeah if I liked Valerian more, then I think their partnership is is more is actually more compelling because they're because closer they're, to being equal partners as opposed to Lilu because Lilu ultimately is funny for sure right. with multi pass and all that stuff but I I don't need to see her in another movie really well because I'd say the problem with Lilu is that she gets good when Corbin's not around yeah so I feel like we walk away from that movie and I'm just realizing this now. With Corbin not understanding really how awesome she is. Right. Right? I agree. Because he is off doing his thing during the opera. And then he comes back and she's shot. Right. So from his point of view, all he sees is damsel in distress. She got hurt, right. Right. Um, And I think that may be where the problem of that movie is. Because in my head, see, that movie's way more action-packed than it really is. Nothing happens until the first hour. Yeah, it's true. Um, But to me, it was always die hard in space. Right. Um, yeah, it's not Die it's Hard not, in Space. Yeah. No. Um, so I think that's the problem. Is if I don't think, even when they're banging at the end, yeah, does he see her the way she is properly? Maybe they'll get there. But I think that's the disappointing part in their partnership. While like what you're saying with Valerian and Laureline is like he knows she needs her too. Right. Uh, and that's that's the crux of the movie is that he can't let down those. Keanu Reeves like walls right. to admit it and that's all she needs for her to like for them to have an equal that's right. share right yeah um, no it's true I mean watching The Fifth Element 20 years later um, that movie is like a feminist train wreck it's uh, a big problem because it's like you know again she has her capable fight scene or whatever but ultimately like she can't navigate the world she can't even speak English so she's like doing a she learns yeah by the time they words. meet again she's speaking English that's true but, you know, she's doing her baby talk thing. Obviously, she's, like, infantilized. Obviously, she's hypersexualized when she first comes out and whatever that cloth thing is that makes no sense. They're thermal bandages. Amanda. Obviously. <laughs> the doctor like, said give it. the woman a blanket, okay? <laughs> well, to be fair, she wasn't supposed to escape from the uh, iguana yeah. cage. No, yeah, it's true. But whatever. When you're making a movie like yeah. that and that's the thing you decide to put her in, then... And not to mention all this talk of how perfect she is. She's the most perfect yeah. being it's that ever existed. Yeah. Which wouldn't be a, a problem it is the plot of the movie that this perfect being or whatever but of course because she comes out of, in the form of a white woman right. a thin beautiful white woman you're just like rolling your eyes it, it'd be better if she was more alien like honestly i think like if like she if didn't she look like, like a one person of those mighty duck people mighty duck people yeah the big golden duck yeah sure you i mean look like a duck i don't know but like looked like something that was even like um like the blue lady and no, was it in Guardians of the Galaxy with those gold people? Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. something like that, that really, like... Again, she could still be, like, humanoid or whatever, but the thing that made her perfect was, like, something outside of this world instead of her just looking like a normal person. Well, let me say... In terms of what you see in Fifth Element, I think it's a relatively diverse flick for its time. Yeah. Because I'll give you that our two main heroes are white people. Right. But you get Chris Tucker in a pretty prominent role. Absolutely. And we had kind of gone through his filmography and he was basically nobody still. Right. um, Which was impressive. But when you look at kind of 
the whole surroundings of people he interacts with. I mean, it's a lot of different cultures. You have, like, the, the Hawaiian folks who greet people onto the cruise. And yeah. Everybody who's, like, at the opera is all different types of ethnicities and such like that. So, in terms of, like, societal... It's true. Sci-fi fantasy genres always, like, get away with that way right, more. Right, right, Throughout right. history from back in 1940, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Because even when we meet... Uh, it's true. For 1997, it was... It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a way where, like... Um, you know, they try to say the science stuff, but you're right. I guess when you walk away, you're just looking at late, naked Mila Jovovich. Right. Yeah. And that's, it's harder. I mean, yeah, it's, to me, the as a hetero, straight, white dude, who's not white. Who's not white. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was the Corbin kissing Lilu on the couch was probably yeah, the most really offensive to up. me. But to me, like, ultimately, that's the whole plot of the movie in a certain way. Like, I um, read that... Luke, I am your father, yeah. originally conceived of um, some of the plot of The Fifth Element when he was like 16 years old or mm. something. And then he didn't make this movie till he was in his late 30s, right. The Fifth Element. Um, and it just seems that way in so many ways. Like if you break down the plot to like basic things, you get a guy who has been divorced, right? Is the understanding. Like he was married, but he's divorced and he's just looking for the perfect lady and he drives a cab for a living. And one day this woman just falls in this beautiful, the most perfect, beautiful woman there ever was, just falls into his cab. He saves her life and he saves the world. And like, yeah, (laughs) you know, that's just like, isn't that every dude's dream when they're 16 or even when they're 30 or 40 or whatever? Just, like, have the most perfect woman just fall into their lap and love them forever. And they have to save her. And that makes them a hero. And that makes her love him, you know? Yeah, I mean, let me say, well, you're correct. Yeah. For sure. So my following statement is not to take away from what you just said. Yeah. It's just another theory. Sure. Is that Corbin was enlisted to do this job without anybody officially knowing his relationship with Lilu. Mm-hmm. So he was going to be brought into it anyway, based true. on how the story was set up, to be fair. That is true. Um, and given that, he's got a fancy military background like Valerian. Yep. So there's balances too. And, you know, like you're saying, he kind of came up with it when he was 16. But like I had said prior to recording that, Luke, I am your basin. Uh, um <laughs> is a fan of Valerian from early on in his... So, obviously, this is really just his version of it. Right. Right, the fifth um, element yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so that's why I think you could see some of those, like, military dudes. Yeah. Pretty James Bond-like women. Yeah. You know, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, it is simple. And not to take away... Not to give him a pass at poor storytelling. Right. But also not to say that because the stories aren't super deep, they're not worth watching. Right. But he, like, he world builds in a way that I think is really cool for, like, one of my other movies that I like a lot that was kind of a a shyst fest was um, John Carter of Mars. Right. And, um, you know, again, that was just really good world building. And it was hard for me to see that the movie wasn't great. Right. Because I just loved being you're part interested of that in the world. world. Right? No, and I do think that's ab- absolutely for both these movies, The Fifth Element and for Valerian. That's their strongest suit. That's yeah. what they have going for them. They've built really interesting, compelling worlds that seem new and different mm. um, in ways that a lot of the times when we get futuristic societies or whatever, like they're just they can be really typical. And I just think 
yeah, I wouldn't say that the storytelling is bad. Mm -hmm. I do think there's good stories to both of these movies, even though I just oversimplified the plot of The Fifth Element. I'm just saying that's like a train wreck from a feminist perspective, Mm -hmm. but it's not a train wreck in terms of a story. If you want to tell that story, that's fine. Um, And yeah, the world is amazing. I mean, when she walks out on the ledge with the cars driving or whatever, so cool. Really, really cool and really compelling. And it makes me want to know what else goes on in that world for sure, you know? Because I, I, I think the world of the fifth element is sold to me better mm. than Valerian. Mm. Because my problem with uh, City of a Thousand Planets is, or worlds or whatever, yeah. is like it's Zootopia. Yeah. It's like these super specific like, this is water. Right. This is all golden fucking robots humping microchips or whatever. Yeah. It's like... Um, that's not the interesting part. It's cool that they're there. I want to know why it works that way. And right. they never get into that. They That's just kind true. of gloss over it. While I understand New York City's just higher tech. Right. We've destroyed the earth and now we're up. You mm-hmm. know, so we've got flying shit or whatever, you know. Right. Um, and it takes kind of into effect a lot of the sci-fi tropes that we... Oh, our puppy's having a nightmare. It's okay, Jen. She's okay. Okay. <laughs> we're good, guys. Sorry, guys. Um, you know, like instant food. She puts a couple pellets in a plate yeah. and, and she gets a whole big chicken. Yeah, that was awesome. And I think that's what I appreciate is like, I understand how he got here. Right. But Valerian just kind of like, and they try. There's some of that stuff in the beginning where you see that montage of the different space stations combining, mm-hmm. which was cool and all. But I felt like I still don't understand what that culture is, mm-hmm. you know? It's true. Yeah, I guess I'm less interested in that and more interested. Like what I like about both movies is they don't sit around like you're saying that Fifth Element's more relatable in the sense that like you can imagine those things a little bit more. But what I like about both of them is that um, they don't explain it to you. I actually like that they don't explain it to you because these people live in this world. Why would they sit around explaining it? Of course, they just live in this world and we're just we're just here to watch them live in this world. Right. You know what I mean? So I really enjoy that about it. And I enjoyed that about Valerian too. Like with you know, we just believe things when they happen. Like when um, Loreline had to put that jellyfish thing over her head or whatever. Like That makes sense. We don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> or like when they go looking for that jellyfish yeah. thing with those big whale-like monsters right, or whatever. Right. I'm like, I don't know where they are. I don't know what these things are. I don't know what the purpose of any of this is. It doesn't matter because they do. Yeah. And we're just like along for the ride with them, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you in terms of the experience, but it's something like that to me takes me out of it. Mm. So I'm like, we flew into space to a floating space station where there's water worlds. Right. And then there's submarines on the floating space station. Right. And it's all like, there's enough questions that instantly hit me that make me be like, what am I watching right now? Right. And then we just leave water world. Right. Yeah. It's just a small piece. Right. So it's moments where like, then what was even the point of that? Right. Like maybe it was important to the arc or something from the original things and that's why I wanted to implement it. But to me, it's all like, I don't know. I feel like that's something that when you make your adaptation ends up on the cutting room floor. Yeah, yeah. Um, you never read Watchmen. No. But um, if you recall at the end of the movie, Dr. Manhattan does some type of um, nuclear blast thing. Or no, it's um, the white dude. <laughs> The white blonde guy who looks like an Egyptian fellow, whatever, he um, like creates a nuclear blast in New York, levels the city, okay. and they say it's an alien invasion. Right, right. Um, in the comics, what he does is he creates an alien. 
a big tentacle looking alien and sends it to New York and it does basically the same thing. Gotcha. But all under this ruse of uniting mankind against another threat. Right. Um, but in the film, it didn't make sense to make a squid because you have to explain it. Right. So they, it was a missile. They called it squid and it had some unnamed acronym or whatever. Right, right. And it fulfilled the same purpose and some people complained, but I liked it. Right. Because it was like, okay, because it would just take too long to explain it. Right. So the water scene, to me, is one of those scenes where, like, by itself I appreciate it. But in the whole of that movie, I was just super confused. Yeah. How Valerian can charge through walls with his suit and then end up outside. It just seems like really flimsy space station building. Yeah, No one yeah. gets sucked out with him. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah. So there's, like, enough things because this is more sci-fi than sci-fan. Right. Where I'm like... Well, someone explained it to me a little right, bit. Right, a little right, bit. right. Yeah. Right. I think that's fair. Yeah. 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 I think that's fair. Um, Let's talk Rihanna. Yeah. What did you think of her dancing bit? I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You told me afterwards that I should have gone to the bathroom during that scene. And I was like, that scene was the whole point. So like, what are you talking about? It was super cool. Yeah, Just it was super, cool. super cool. I mean, again, if we're going to, if we're comparing the fifth element and Valerian, you know, part of me at the end of the day just wants to watch Valerian because it looks so great. Right, and there's right. so much cool shit like that going on. And, like, obviously, The Fifth Element looks like Star Wars from 1970, you know. So, 77, whatever. Yeah. Well, you know what? Puppets um, on strings and that kind of thing, yeah. you know. Which I've got no problem with. I'm happy to right. watch. But, you know, after after having just watched Valerian, I just couldn't even believe, honestly. I was having this moment where I was like... Wow, I can't believe twenty years made that much of a difference in how movies right. like this look. It's that like, is what's crazy. What's practical? What's CG? And it's right. hard to tell in Valerian sometimes. It's really hard yeah. to tell. I I have no idea yeah. actually, and I'm not somebody who knows stuff say about that. that. Rihanna is a human. Yeah, she's she actually, a she's a real person. Right. Yeah. So she didn't uh, do all the body changes. Right. Stuff, yeah. yeah. Right. Just. But I liked her like blue alien yeah. form too. Yeah, like that was a cool looking thing. thing. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I cried a little when she died. I had like one little tear. It was sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I felt bad. I gotta say, I think that scene too is like, it's almost like what he wanted to do was an anthology movie mm-hmm. that had segments of things. It's true. But yeah. I almost feel that way about The Fifth Element too, but less so, less so. Yeah, because like there's really only like three or four set pieces in The right. Fifth Element and then Valerian, like you're all over Yeah, the there's like a hundred scenes, right? Um, So in that same scene, it's like, so what... So Ethan Hawke shows up for forty five seconds, here. right? And he and Rihanna is a prostitute, yeah, or something, or something. She dances, right? And she dances, and Valerian could have walked out just then, and he would have been okay. Or did he have to pay for that dance, right? Or was it a preview to what would happen later? Um, so same thing. It's like this is his bit about the seedy underworld of this area, right? But and then we go away from it, you know, and just like weird bits where it's all like. Any one of these expanded would be more interesting than the smaller portion of it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's too much, I think. Yeah, I think that's true. That's how I felt anyways. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And and not nearly as much, obviously, in Fifth Element. But there's some things in Fifth Element where I'm like, well, what about that? In a similar way that you're asking questions. Right. I'm like, what's with all this garbage? Like, is yeah. there supposed to be some it's commentary true. here about, like you know the environment or something yeah. because you've done nothing you just right. showed a bunch of garbage like is that a problem or is that like an aesthetic in the future i don't know you know like yeah. what is it no you're totally right because that's the thing that i forgave yeah because i was like i don't know yeah but when we were watching it last night i'm like 
And then you, and I was thinking about it, and then you asked it, and I was like, I don't know. Right. The the stewardess lady says, we're sorry for the garbage. Right. And then that's it. Yeah, they just keep going. So, yeah, there's... Like, did you want your movie to make an environmental point? Because you didn't, just so right. you know. You just, like, had garbage. <laughs> right. That's not a point. You just, right. there's garbage there. Right. You haven't made a point about if anything, it. It's just like, don't make your airport dirty. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't know. I, it, so there's like some weird bits like that. And again, those bits expanded could be compelling yeah. and interesting right. as, as added features to this plot or as separate plots altogether, you know? Right. But uh, yeah, so there's, and there's definitely a couple things like that. And honestly, Fifth Element, if I was going to see a sequel to The Fifth Element or some kind of like related movie, what I'd want to know is like about those priests. I feel like they're really compelling. And I know we see them enough, the first one, and then the one... Cornelius Vito. follows. Is yeah. his name Vito? Vito Cornelius. Like Cornelius. That. Like Vito Corleone, but not. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. Like their lineage, right? Yeah. Like, like I just want to know like, yeah. And, and what like, did they do when the aliens And like, what around? about like the first time? Like, how right. did you find the human to teach this? And right. like, are there humans, are there priests that never end up seeing the guys, the aliens? Well, that's what I have to imagine. It yeah. must be, right? Because yeah. they just come back every 500 years or something. That's like five lifetimes. What is that? 5,000 years. Yeah, there and you go. coincidentally, we happen to be in this time where it was only going to be a 300 year gap because of right you know, right right yeah well yeah well i guess that's what i like star wars is the same thing really you just accept stuff because now we are in 2017 and star wars has been a thing and we grew up with it and it's a thing so we just accept it and that's right. why i was really excited about these offshoots right i was excited about rogue one and the han solo and movie. the han solo movie and yeah. whatever this unnamed third one's gonna be right right um because it has it's limitless right basically you could just do whatever as long as it's star wars related and we could you know while there's a battle on one planet there's another battle on another planet you right know? um some of the books have not even been about the overall arc and we're just you know working with bounty hunters doing their own thing and shit so yeah yeah that's really interesting for star wars and i think that's the true statement for these two movies also right is that like well valerian or corbin are doing their thing there's a story somewhere else in this universe that could be equally as interesting because of what we've seen absolutely right um yeah that's why again you know we said it but that's why the worlds are so powerful and so right. um i think well constructed even if the story's not right you know um so yeah i just it's compelling for yeah. sure just to yeah. see these to see anybody interact with this these places you know um, we had, were talking before the podcast about um, quality of content in terms of popular things. Oh, yeah. Right? So this particular instance I'm going to bring up, and we won't get into that whole thing, though, is um, Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Now, to me, both of those are much better than Star Wars canon or Star Trek because... And Star Trek, maybe I'll retract. I don't know. Someone knows more about Star Trek. I don't want to miss. Okay, so you think Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings are better than Star Wars? In For the reason that the worlds are fleshed out prior to the story being told. Mm. Um, you know, Lord of the Rings has all types of supplemental things from Tolkien. Right. Where he explains stuff pre-Age of Man and shit like that. And then is a similar kind of storytelling mechanic in... Um, game of thrones also where it's interesting because so let's take lord of the rings because i read it okay tolkien is telling the story right and then he has gandalf 
Ian McKellen, mm-hmm. also tell a story. And at some point, you're, it's like Gandalf will say three paragraphs of this person talking and this person talking, and right. then it'll end with, he said. Right. Which is like nuts. But they all use that so that this old story has a parallel to what they're experiencing at the moment or whatever, you know? And it just kind of gives you this fleshed out sense as to why people have certain feelings about races or about, Mm -hmm. you know, their understandings of dragons are real or not or whatever. Right, right. In a way where sometimes science fiction doesn't do that. Right. Where they throw you into it or whatever and we don't necessarily get a, a weight to what's happening. Right. Because right? the converter in Valerian was going to be used for what? Yeah, I don't know. It right. was just the last one of its kind, so they wanted it. Right. And it's like, how did we find out about it? How right. did everybody else find out about it? Because we erased all the information for the planet that was destroyed. Because Well, of- is that why Clive Owen wanted it? To destroy it also? I don't know. I don't know, yeah. yeah. And that, to, like, this could be us being two weeks away from that it or could something. could be, yeah, yeah. But, um... Yeah, so it's just like, you know, I don't understand, like, as opposed to when you look at fantasy, you're kind of aware of all the places on a planet. Mm-hmm. But sci-fi can get real tricky because in these, this race that was extinct or whatever at the beginning of Valerian, presumably no one's ever heard of them. Right. So it's just kind of like this question where like, yeah, well, why would anybody care? Right. I don't know. It's right. hard. Right. Um, and they and to me, I think it wasn't great storytelling, but we're with them for a long time. Yeah. In the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it's long. Yeah. Um, and they don't speak English, which is right. fine. I'm not being racist. I'm just saying, I don't, like, again, we're just thrown into it. Right. Lady wakes up, washes her face with a bunch of pearls. Right. And then she blows up. Right. And I'm like, that was 20 minutes. Right. What was I supposed to get away from that? Right. And it's a long time before that's all brought back. Right. So it's like, uh. I think that's my problem sometimes with science fiction is it takes for granted how science, how fantasy stuff really wants to dig in. Like, this is really the world I want you guys to experience. Right. And, you know, Valerian and Fifth Element kind of just like... I think that's why Fifth Element I like because it's clearly based off of our world. Mm-hmm. So that's right, where right, I'm right. You can relate it to right. just a futuristic version of New York City. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know... Yeah, that's just what it is. It's like, at least I understand why things are the way they are. Valerian's so far out in the future that sometimes there's just odd things where I'm like, well, I don't understand how we got here. Right. Like that weird market where um, yeah. people access through dimensions. Super cool. Yeah. It was kind of fun where, like, you have to put your hands in boxes to, like, alternate realities and stuff like that. Um, but, like, why? Yeah. Does it exist only digitally? Is it on a physical location? And people, some people are there, some people aren't. And you just kind of go, and you're not really sure, and it ends, and then you leave it, and no one ever talks about it again. And it's right. all like, you know, I just wish there was uh, meat to some of those instances. Yeah, yeah, know. right. All right. Makes sense. Any, any other thoughts? Um, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't, I, I liked Valerian. It was disappointing to me. You liked Valerian, but it was better than you thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I think I still personally like Fifth Element better, but I'm I feel confident that that's because I have a special personal place for it in my connection, heart. right? Yeah, I mean, I think I might have. Uh, yeah, Fifth Element's just really hard in 2017. It, it but again, the, the, yeah, I guess this is the thing to talk about, like the dated nature of Valerian, also sort of dooming its success in 2017. Mm. I mean, I guess that's what's interesting about Fifth Element too, though, because it's not like that was a really 
I mean, it made a lot of money, but was it a successful film? Like, my understanding so... was that it was pretty panned critically. Yeah. But it was like a surprise hit. Right. And then obviously it developed its cult thing. Right. Um, yeah, where Valerian, I think, went the other way. Yeah. Like, it was really pitched to be like the summer hit. Right. And it just fell short across the board. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel pretty confident in saying, like, if I had to, with all the movies in the universe, just put a stamp on them, whether they were good or bad, that I would stamp both these movies with bad and put them in that pile of mm. bad movies. But right. it doesn't mean I don't like them or I don't enjoy right. them or there's not something worthwhile there. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's part of the reason Two Fifth Element seems better, too, because it was at a time... Like, there's a lot of movies... I don't know. There's, like, a lot of, like, cult classics and stuff and... Um, even things that are like so bad they're good, like Room or, or right, other movies right. like that. Not Room, The Room. Room was the movie with right Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Yeah, that, that was, was a good an actual movie. good movie. Yeah. The Room right, right. <laughs> or whatever you know that these movies that people have really taken to and really enjoy and care about, um, but obviously aren't like quality movies. So yeah, I think I think that's true about Valerian. Like part of the problem with it is its placement in 2017 because there's not really a place for movies like that because right now all of our similar movies star wars um even like star trek superhero movies all that kind of stuff are like really high quality and popular and would get a good stamp you know what i mean but there was a time when like sci-fi and sci-fan 2 were more fringe and when they were more fringe stuff could be a little weirder and it didn't have to be good to be Yeah. good to the people who are going to like something like that. You know what I mean? So Valerian is just really like out of place more than anything else. Like definitely as being pitched as a summer blockbuster, but also just in the year 2017. Right. We demand more of our movies in 2017, especially yeah. if they're going to put so much money behind it. Right. Yeah. But like if Valerian had come out in the way, I mean, it did because the fifth element and Valerian are basically the same movie right. in so many ways. But if it had come out in 1997, with the the um the, the quality of technology the, the, that right had, in 97 yeah. like i think it would have been fine yeah. and i think, think jay so ray too. as a kid would have loved that movie too yeah you know so um yeah so it's just interesting i think it just begs an interesting question about where we're at with this kind of stuff and like because there are days when i miss like you know shittier movies not that's like a crazy well, thing to say night, but you know what i mean we, like you put it on last night and i was just kind of excited because it's just like just turn your brain off. Yeah. Put it on. Bruce Willis is going to say some funny stuff. Chris Tucker will be loud. Right. And it's going to be great. Right. Uh, and it was. From yeah. Last night, we had a very relaxing evening watching sci-fi movies, and it was fun. Right. So much so that someone fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but she did, really. She fell asleep. Through the I always thing. fall asleep, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's true, because like we, we talk about it, too, in terms of, like, so The Defenders is coming out, right, from right, Netflix. Right, right. Um, and you are technically behind two shows. Yeah. Daredevil I, Season 2 and Iron Fist. That's correct. Um, I haven't finished Iron Fist yet, but we feel this pressure because the way, because there's a huge fucking Pepe Silvia whiteboard, right, where Charlie Day's freaking out trying to connect the lines. Yeah. When they create these stories, you know, they're like, okay, well... Rosario Dawson will be in these things and she'll say this thing at this time so you have an idea. And right. like you feel like you miss out if something happens in a show and you didn't watch the other show. Right. In a way where it's nice to go hop in Valerian and even though I'm confused as to why we look at SeaWorld or whatever, um, 
you're just, just there, accept you're it just and have a good time. Right. right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, so exactly. it is hard. But that's what I wonder, too. If the ride of Valerian would have been as good if they just did better things still. Without, you know, they didn't have to make it some, like, awesome piece of quality content. Right. But just cut some stuff. Yeah. You know, be a little bit more liberal with those scissors. Yeah, it's true. And definitely the thing ultimately, too, though, you know, I, I walked out of Valerian, too, feeling a little bit gaggy over the whole Valerian Loreline thing yeah. because Valerian was obviously such a jerk at the beginning and I hated him and I was like why is this woman even giving this guy a second thought right. um, so I was just irritated for the whole thing but he does have his he you know he he has a bit of an arc yeah he has an arc and he he is a different person by the end supposedly or we're, right. we're supposed to believe which also made me feel gaggy and disgusting because it doesn't make me feel any better that I just watched this movie where this white guy had to figure out how to be a good person yeah. where this woman already knew that because she's, you know, right. an adult human being right. and is smart and, you know, all these things. Um, so I don't really need to watch that either. But on the flip side, Fifth Element, like, doesn't really change. The world changes more to him than he changes himself. That's correct. He Corbin. has no growth. He doesn't have any growth, right? So I almost rather, I think, watch the movie about the person who grows and changes that said, I liked Corbin to begin with, even though he's kind of rapey and horrible. Right. Um, I like him better than Valerian to begin with anyway. So. Well, the other thing, too, I think about Corbin is like Corbin, like you're saying, for the 16-year-old fantasy. Right. We meet kind of, and he's like he's at down a low the dumps. Point. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, while Valerian is like... He's one of the most sought-after agents, and he's a high rank, and, and people respect him. And he's proposing to him. his girlfriend. Like, and, every five yeah, seconds right, and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And like, he can't die. You know, it would have been... This is the thing. Like, he's just not likable, because I'm almost thinking right now, like, I feel like Chris Pratt or somebody could have pulled that off. Chris Pratt, Chris, Ryan Reynolds. Because Star-Lord's kind of like that with Gamora and stuff, yeah. too. There's, like, a dynamic there that's not that dissimilar to the dynamic I think they were going for with Valerian and Loreline that just came off to me as something I did not want to be looking at. Yeah, because I yeah. think you had said to me right out, it was like, that. Ca- that's a character that we don't like want to see anymore. Right. But that character's just evolved, but we right. do. But right. right. They had him play the old version of it, and right. he didn't play it well. Right. Yeah, so there was like two bad things going on at yeah. the same time. That's yeah. why it was hard. Because honestly, it's too, tough. not for nothing, but like I'm thinking about the scenes where he was supposed to impress me with his like skills. And right. I suppose the only one is when... Um, they're at that banquet hall with the alien king. Yeah. And that's pretty cool because he yeah. like stands up against the whole thing. Yeah, it's but, cool. But, but before that, like, Laureline takes out those guys when she's, like, handcuffed. Yeah, with, she's like, so much cooler. Stuff. Yeah, like, she just... Her stuff seems slick. Yeah. His stuff seems like he runs into the room and just, like, baby flails his arms around and gets it done. <laughs> and he's doing it on purpose. But right, But it does right. still seem to be a little bit more uh, reckless. You yeah, know? it's just not... Yeah, he's just not likable. But I wonder how much... Like, if it was a different actor, if that would have helped... Yeah, you I mean, know? I imagine they wanted younger. Chris Pratt is just old now. Right. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, they would need somebody younger. Yeah, so I don't know who. Tom Holland, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. He's a likable dude. likable guy, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Shia LaBeouf? Maybe. Everybody he's loves He's kind of old now, too. He is old, yeah. He can't grow facial hair, though. Oh, yes, he's got. He's had some Yeah, he's had some crazy beards, beards yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's had some crazy beards. He's had some crazy Good beards. Shia. Shia. Um... Yeah, I just wanted it to be better. I mean, the reason... I always want things to be better. John Carter has a whole line of books. Right. I wanted that movie to be better so I could see more of it. Right. 
we always talk about when fans complain when a show ends or whatever. Why do they want to see more? It's just because, like, if I'm going to be wasting my time, that's the world I want to waste my time in, you know? Right, right. So it's a bummer that Valerian wasn't better because yeah. I don't think we'll be able to hang out with him again. No, I agree. And not for nothing, it was the only adaptation I've ever heard of of this comic. Right. So I don't know when they'll ever do it again. Right. Um, at the very least, though, I hope it doesn't detract luke from making another sci-fi action movie right because he obviously likes it right and i think he is very connected with telling those types of stories right but just hopefully he's got a better editor or something to help like tighten that stuff up yeah yeah or maybe he just shouldn't be writing it. maybe he shouldn't be writing yeah. it yeah maybe he writes a story but someone can handle the screen the script yeah right stuff. yeah yeah because um, really the taken movies go the other way I've never seen them. Well, so let me tell I you, there's, there's no point to them. Right. It, it's that the most dialogue is literally that beginning thing where Liam Neeson says, I will find you, I will kill you, I have a very special set of skills, yada, yada. Right, right. And then he just does the thing. Kicks down doors, kills some people, saves his daughter. Right. Next movie, same thing. Right. I think the third movie, it's his wife also. Or oh maybe he gosh. gets taken and his daughter does it. I forget. <laughs> um, but like, so they go the other way. I was like, no need to complicate things. Right. This is just what's going to happen. Right. And I think the problem is he's trying to tell that story, but in space. Right. And it's inevitably going to get overly complicated. Yeah. And I think that is uh, apparent to the audience. Yeah. Word. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Dangerous to Go Alone. Uh, follow us on Tumblr, d2ga.tumblr.com follow us on twitter at danger alone pod follow me on twitter jay underscore rey follow me on twitter at amanda lenti as always big what up to our sponsors and caster and visit broken jars at xyz for all of our amazing content for dangerous to go alone i'm jay ray this is jin and i'm amanda (laughs) bye bye Please, Squeaky Jane.